Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good to any time that you are listening or watching uh, the program here. I am Tim from Ski Rex Media and welcome to another episode of the Ski Rex Media Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. I do appreciate it. Um, Though we do have listeners, watchers, viewers, uh, fans, what have you, um, from all over the place, all over the United States and different parts of the world, one or two, um, this one I'm going a bit local. I'll admit local, still talking snow sports, still talking skiing, still talking snowboarding, um, but very local to the Upper Valley here in Vermont, New Hampshire, USA. Um, we're talking to um, Executive Director of Whaleback Mountain, John Hunt. Now, Whaleback Mountain is here in central New Hampshire, um, right across the river from me. I'm in Vermont there in New Hampshire, 15 minutes from my front door, very easy to get to. It is literally right off the highway, which is part of what we talk about. It's got an older school vibe, which we talk about. It's very community driven, which we talk about. It has a, it has a, um, um, nonprofit model, which we also talk about. We talk about those things. We talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, Mr. Hunt and I. It's very cool. I enjoyed this one again. Um, I think you will too. Before I uh, get started with that part of the program, though, don't forget skirexmedia.com, skirexmediamerchshop.com, skirexmedia on all of the social media, well, not all the social media platforms, but the big three, Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow me in those places, skirexmedia on Patreon. Um, and uh, I think that's everything I want to plug here at the beginning. Just follow and subscribe if you don't mind. I really do appreciate it. It lets me know I'm doing something right. You can comment and tell me if I'm doing something wrong. How else am I going to learn? Um, you can rate, rate, five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Um, the the uh, Ski Rex Media Podcast has had. So if that is an option with your platform, whether it be... Um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. You know, go ahead and do that. Follow, subscribe. Um, that way, you always know. And then, uh, you know, what's going on here. And the, again, the social media is right, right. Um, now that I've done the plugging part here, that's the part we all really love, isn't it? That's why we do it at the beginning, right? Maybe I don't know. Um, now that the plugs are done, plug in myself, shameless plugs. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation with John Hunt. Um, you know, I shouldn't say it. Let's go ahead and get into it because we're getting into it. We would have been into it already, right? Right. So let's start the conversation with John Hunt. I do hope you enjoy it. I did. Very nice guy. Um, and well back, very interesting place in my opinion. Check it out, please, and I will. See you at the end. As promised today, uh, we are talking to John Hunt, Executive Director of Whaleback Mountain, correct? Executive Director, is that correct? Yes, sir. Very good, very good. Whaleback Mountain, the closest mountain to me at Ski Rex Media. Um, they are on the New Hampshire side of the border. I am not. I'm on the Vermont. Um, how are you doing, sir? Feeling I'm good? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Um, and, and like you said, Executive Director, that's very different than most ski areas. Um, and that's because we are a nonprofit. Um, our mountain is owned by a nonprofit foundation, the Upper Valley Snow Sports Foundation. Um, so over the last few years, they've recognized an executive director was more in line for the leadership they needed for the mountain. Um, so that's why I have that kind of different title than most uh, ski industry professionals. Absolutely. And that's actually what I was going to ask you, because usually you hear GM or something similar. There's a ton of different titles at any given mountain, anywhere. Right. Um, so many different. So executive director, what comes with that? What do you do? 
<laughs> um, or what don't you do? Is that easier to answer? <laughs> yeah, where, where to start? I think, you know, on the highest level, my job is I'm the conduit between the board of directors and the staff. Um, unfortunately for some, I'm the face of the organization. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one out in the public doing things like this, um, sure. connecting the community, connecting local businesses, um, and then generally just overseeing mountain operations. So everyone that works at the mountain, whether it's in the lodge or on the mountain, um, reports to me, but um, they're all really, really good at what they do. And they've been doing it for a really long time. So my job is to kind of stay out of their way, let them do their business. Um, it, when they need resources, my job is to find those resources, whether it's working with the board or finding private donations. Um, because we're a nonprofit, we can accept uh, private donations. And, and that's a big piece of my responsibility and is the fundraising piece. Excellent. Excellent. So that is, you are the director. You are the, almost the buck stops here guy. Very good. Now, have you been with Whaleback like this whole time or, because I know this is a newer position, uh, which you just said as well. So um, have you been at that mountain the whole time or no? No, I, um, so I, I've been skiing here for about five years since we moved to the upper Valley, um, sure. but I was working at Colby Sawyer college as a major gift officer. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, as a community guy, I'm also on the school board in Hanover. So I'm invested in this community. Um, our family loves the Upper Valley. We're trying to do anything we can to be a part of it. And this mountain is such an important piece of the Upper Valley um, and, and to the community that it kind of a lot of stars aligned for me to um, be interested in this position, but also for the board to be interested in me in that, you know, I think it, it's a really good fit in that we want to be part of a building or a organization that is so invested in the community. Um, so no, I hadn't worked here pri uh, prior to coming in May. Excellent. In May. So there you go. So still very new and kind of new to the area, five years. Um, that's when I got back to this area. I grew up in Southern Vermont, moved to this area about five years ago, coming back from the West coast. Now um, building community. Now this is a big deal for whale back um if you go there and talk to anybody who works there or anybody who even skis there that's what they're going to talk about um the uh the film with who was that with ll bean i L. L. believe bean. yeah, the, yeah. The, the little mountain that could that was excellent that was very good that was awesome if you haven't seen that check it out i'll put links to it in the description for this episode um but that also talks about the community and when i was there i was there for world snow day not last year because last year was the rough year so it would have been the january before maybe um and was just talking to everybody uh specifically holly west i don't know if she's still around there but if she is awesome shout out to her um and that is what it is it's it's a smaller mountain so you really get the sense of community the way it's built even the look and the vibe of being in the lodge that's what it feels like it's an old school feeling but it's the community feeling and i think that is great for the area obviously the area thinks that's great too um but besides that if you want to go there, this is something I wanted to bring up because it marvels me every time. And it's going to feel off, kind of off topic, but it's not, is the location of this place. Now, Enfield, New Hampshire is just over the border. And again, community driven. It's a small town. But this mountain is right off the highway. Like that exit is practically yours, dude. Like how awesome is that? Yeah, our, our visibility is fantastic. And I think that's that's um, kind of lending itself to a lot of our out of season activities that we've been doing. We've started sure. doing more. Um, summer events. And I think by being right off the highway, people see it and they think, wow, that's a really neat spot. So you throw a band out back in the summer and people come. Uh, and I think, sure. again, I, I haven't worked here in the winter yet, but I drove by it every day for the past five years in the winter. Um, totally. 
you know, if you're looking for a place to ski, it's right off the highway. And like you said, it, it's our exit. You know, we share it with the with a Dunkin' Donuts and a Subway and a gas station, but it's it's ultimately that's why you get off this exit is to come to to ski at Wellback. Yeah. And the accessibility to bring it back down to the sense of the community, it is right there as like from anywhere in the upper valley. You talk Enfield, it's in Enfield. You talk what Lebanon and West Lebanon. It's right there. Um, Hanover, you know, is right there. You know, actually, honestly, I'm surprised. Again, I haven't skied there yet. I only visited the once so far, but I'm surprised I didn't see a bunch more college kids there because Whaleback is actually closer to Dartmouth than the Skiway is. And the Skiway is sweet. Don't get me wrong. But it's right there, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm surprised college kids aren't just hanging out there all the time. Yeah, I think part of that is it, it could be in our messaging um, in that, sure. you know, I, I don't necessarily know they know we exist. You know, they by being Dartmouth College students, they get free passes to the skiway. So they're yep. they're getting that messaging as soon as they arrive on campus. Sure. Um, I think part of our job is to get into that community and let them know that, yeah, the skiway is fantastic. They're they're a friend of ours. They're a partner of ours. Um, sure. But we have lights, so we're a little bit different. So they could come in after class and, and get a couple runs in in the evening. Um, our Thursday night race league is huge. So, you know, that could be another opportunity for them to get on the mountain on a, on a Thursday night. And then the one big differentiator is we have that really cool vibe in our, in our lodge with a really cool pub. Um, so, you know, I think we can, we can reach that college, um, that college group if, if we market to them. And, and I don't, I don't know where that's been missed in the past, but that's absolutely on our messaging moving forward. Um, and same thing, you know, I think by being in the upper Valley, we also can stretch because 89 is right here down into the Sunapee region. And, you know, sure. uh, I made that commute to new London for a long time. It's not that hard to get back up here. So I think, you know, getting into those communities as well is really important to us and, and maybe reaching the Colby Sawyer college community as well. I think you could like it literally, um, and again, accessibility as part of community, because again, the community vibe is there and accessibility is ridiculous. Um, like when we say off the highway, like if you were to pull over at that guardrail, you could chuck a snowball into the parking lot with 100% accuracy. It's right there. And right down 89, like you said, down into Sunapee. Yes, Sunapee is there. That's a very cool place too. But Whaleback is just cool. Like if... It's, it's, it's something I tried to explain to people when I, when I went there and I'm talking to people, they're like, what was it like? I don't know a lot of people who skied this place last, um, on the, what will be the last episode when these air. Um, and you might've seen, I think it was on Twitter or Instagram. One of the, uh, comments was that person learned to ski there as an adult, mind you, they was accepted. They brought them in, showed them how to do it. When I was there, you talk to all the employees, man, everybody nice. Everybody knows everybody. It's, feels tight knit. It's almost a family vibe. And that is just cool. That old school vibe. That's not, I don't want to slam Killington because I love Killington, but it's high end. I mean, am I right? Am I wrong? It's, it's a different population. You know, I think um, exactly. what we're getting is, you know, our hope is to, is to be the place where folks come to learn when they live in the upper valley, they come to learn how to ski here, whether they're, they're children or they're adults, they want to learn. This sure. is a great spot for that. But I think the unknown piece is also it's a really good mountain. It, it, you know, we're, we're small. It's 85 skiable acres and it's 700 vertical, but that's a really quick vertical. And, you know, it's, it's a steep pitch. And on a powder day, there's nothing better within a hundred miles of us. I, I would argue at some points, you know, I think um, because of the accessibility, 
um, because of the terrain that we can offer. Our, our tagline is ski it to believe it. And I think the mm -hmm. goal for us is, yes, we want families here to teach their kids, but we also want people coming in and, and believing that the skiing is great here. And, and part of that is, is just getting more people on the mountain. And that's one of our goals. And it, it really is, again, didn't ski it, but just standing, taking that walk along the front past the lifts, just looking up, it's like, wow, this, 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 this mountain could test you. It could test you. Yeah. Um, and I've never claimed I was the greatest skier ever, but that would, that mountain would absolutely test me. No, no joke. Um, my, my first year living in the upper Valley. So five years ago, it was, it was like late March, the mountain had already closed, but we got one of those late March dumpings mm. and my cousin and I threw our skis over our shoulders and put our boots on and hiked up. And it tested me. I mean, that was, and I'm a decent skier, but at that point, you know, I, I, I can hack it, but sure. I mean, you know, fresh powder on the side of a really steep pitch that no one has been down yet. Cause we hiked up at seven o'clock in the morning, had our morning cup of coffee at the top and, and ski down. It was really, really cool. And I think getting that message out there that it's not just for beginners, that we have some really good, really, really good terrain for, for more advanced skiers as well. Absolutely. And like you said, just now bringing up, uh, going up under your own power, uphilling, um, and we'll come back to that, but it, it, to, we'll come back to that in detail, but it is yeah. allowed at this mountain as it is in many now, but you definitely do it there. Definitely embrace it there, um, which is very cool. Um, now, and like I said, we'll come back to that um, okay. when we talk about passes, because I was in the uh, I'm actually have it sitting on my computer right now, the, the, pa the season pass prices. And let me tell you, you won't find a better deal. Absolutely not. And again, we'll yeah, come back to that. Yeah, sure. Um, but what I want to talk about something else you brought up right at the beginning, the nonprofit mountain. And that's something people don't hear often. You, you People think these mountains, every one of them is a big business, you know, rich folk, elitist. It, it's the stereotypes. Right. Um, trying to make tons of money. But this is a different model, which is even different than the co-op. Like people have heard of that because of like Mad River Glen, it, it, you know, similar but different as far as I understand. Can you explain the nonprofit model, how it works, why it works for this mountain, all that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think... I think you nailed it that, you know, making money on a ski area is really hard, making a profit. It, unless you're covered in hotels and covered with lodging opportunities and restaurant opportunities, it's hard to make a lot of money, especially as our seasons seem to be getting shorter and shorter every year. Um, it's true. And it, there was a very gr smart group of folks that about uh, 13 years ago decided, um, you know, let's let's change the model for Whaleback because it is a community driven place. Let's give it back to the community. So when we make a profit, and I sure hope we make a profit, that profit is not going to stakeholders or, or investors. That's being reinvested in our infrastructure. Um, currently, you know, we're, we're, we have some strategic plans moving forward that will hopefully get us to that, that long-term sustainability so we can reinvest at a really high level. Um, sure. But I think that's where we're different in that we, so I report to a board of volunteers that are just people that care about the mountain and understand how it's important. And then through that, we work together to work with the community on, on what's going to give them a great opportunity when they come skiing. And at the end of the day, skiing should be about fun. And Absolutely. you know, we can provide a great opportunity and a great place for people to come. I, I think that's a win for us. Um, it's not about the dollar. It's not about our investors. And, and that's a really neat model. And that's, that's quite honestly the reason I took on this role. I think if it was a, a, a normal ski area, um, 
I don't think I would have gotten an interview, but I also don't think I <laughs> as interested. I think because I have that nonprofit background and that fundraising background, it kind sure. of makes sense. It does. And I think for people who don't really know much about Whaleback, when they learn that, I do believe that will be a draw. Um, in particular, there is one of the larger ski corporations that's taking a lot of heat right now across social media and in the media in many ways um, for some of their pricing, some of their other, you know, making stockholders and shareholders happier before getting the street level folks taken care of the customer service aspect. Right. And I, we don't have to get into who that company is, but everybody knows who it is. Um, I, I think, I think the nonprofit things nailed it. People want their mountain to be what it is. And again, there's also the hometown love, the hometown pride. So when they can actually say it's our mountain, it gets, you know, our money goes right back into the hill. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, want, I want people to pull into the parking lot and think I'm home. And they come into the lodge Absolutely. and they, they are welcomed with a smile and by the by their first name by one of us and we know who each you know we we know who's coming to the mountain and in turn they're getting a great customer experience and a, and a great guest experience um and then you know hopefully the snow is great and and everything's operational and and they also have a great skiing experience and they leave here thinking that's my place and i'm really proud of it Absolutely. And I, I think they should. It's great. It has a fan following as many smaller mountains do. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, I need the big place, Mount Snow, Stratton, uh, Killington, Atatash out there, whatever. And I tell them the snow is all the same, man. It may be higher. Sure. You might have a quicker lift. Okay. Put on a thicker jacket and go. Believe me, you won't be disappointed. Um, Whaleback, again, I talked to someone a couple weeks ago or earlier this week about how they learned how to do it. Love the place. Um, and that's that's a that's a constant. Like people who go there love it and they they never forget it. And I've talked to so many people who are in my age group in the four in my 40s, a little older, who are like, that's where I learned. And if they were local to high school or you know, uh one of the other uh private schools or whatever, that's where they raced, that's where they right. trained to race. Like this mountain while some may consider it not well-known, is insanely well-known, in my opinion. I don't know, right. as you've been growing a fandom for it, and you're now there, if you'd agree with something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, people like to say it's unknown, but I think it's just because it's small. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think it's, it gets missed in the discussion of bigger mountains, but I think when you talk about skiing and you talk about... Did I lose You're you? good. You're oh, good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but when you talk about skiing, especially in the Upper Valley there are so many people that learn to ski here. Um, you know, I think, uh, like you said, the, a couple of the race programs in this area, this is their home, you know, Fort yeah. Sarah splits between the Dartmouth Skiway and Whaleback Mountain, the Whaleback Mountain Club. This is their home mountain. Um, Cardigan Mountain School. This is their home mountain. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of kids that come through and grow up through the racing world and whether they are trying to become racers or just learning to get miles and learn how to ski at a really high level early on, they sure. get that opportunity at Whaleback. And then, you know, our ski school, I think is fantastic. I think it's an area that we are going to continue to reinvest in because that's an area that I think we can really market ourselves at being really great at what we do and being known for being the best place in Vermont and New Hampshire to learn how to ski. And I think that we're working towards that still, but I think you're right that it, they're, they're, is quite a following. It's uh, it's been explained to me as borderline cultish at times, and I think yeah. that's really cool. Like I, I, I like that. You know, I think as I, you know, was was 
skiing over the last few years, you know, I, I prefer the places like a Whaleback or a Bolton Valley or a Magic that's, you know, that's not that, it doesn't have that corporate feel. It's either a family owned for a long time or they just have that great vibe where you get super skiing. You get some dude that's going to give you a high five on the lift line. Like that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, and totally. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Now, since you brought up, since I brought up kind of the business end with the nonprofit model, and since you used Bolton Valley and Magic, um, awesome small indie places. Now, I push very hard because I use and I love the indie pass exactly for the reasons you said. Now, they, when I'm sure you know, when they announce it, they do almost a street date thing on Tuesday, announce it. People yeah. forever then go into guessing. You see it on social media. Is it going to be here? Is it going to be there? Blah, 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 blah. I see more often than not, Whaleback is somebody's guess. So to speak to your point about being almost cultish in a way, people are like, hey, that's, is it going to be my favorite place next? Right. Has, or is the Indie Pass in your future, do you think? Is that even something you'd want to look at? Like I said, I love it, but I, from a business standpoint, I'm not 100% sure how it works. So- I'm not sure it, it 100% lines up with our kind of business model right now. Mm -hmm. I think anytime you can align yourselves with with mountains that I see us as similar to, um, you know, maybe it's less acreage, but it's a similar type of ski area. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think anytime you can align with folks like that, then that's that's not a bad thing for your business. Mm -hmm. um, I think where we're trying to do is more we focus on the community. And then we focus on a couple of mountains in the area that we can actually just form our own partnership with. So recently, sure. I haven't announced it yet, so I'll announce it today. Um, we just recently came into an agreement with our friends up the road at the Dartmouth Skiway, where pass holders at each mountain will receive 50% off ticket window pricing. Um, Sweet. No blackout dates, um, no holidays, nothing um, throughout the season. And, and I think, you know, Mark at the Skiway and I, we, we realized that we're not competing with one another. We're friends. We should we should be working together to make our both of our pass holders have a great experience. So if on a random Tuesday afternoon, a skiway pass holder wants to just get in some runs until 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., they can come down here. And if on a Sunday, one of our pass holders just wants a different mountain to go to, they want to go up to Holtz and get a run down down Wardens, then great. That 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 makes sense. Um, that so is I think awesome. That, you know, instead of going the route of kind of one of these big mega passes, I think it makes more sense for us to make really good relationships with some mountains that we feel um, an affinity to. And, and we're having some conversations with some other mountains. I, I can't announce those yet. I wish I could. Um, no, but those cool. questions are happening with at least three to four other mountains. Nice. So what you're definitely growing, definitely blowing it up. No blackout dates and 50% off. Now, is that unlimited for the season or is that like two tickets, three tickets, four unlimited. tickets? Unlimited. If, if, if a Whaleback pass holder wants to go to the skiway, Anytime throughout the season, they get 50% off ticket window pricing. And same and, thing for Skiway pass holders coming to us. And that's awesome because the Skiway, though not necessarily as accessible, for those who haven't been there, you got to go up I-91 or Route 10 and go all the way to Lyme and then go out another side road, which literally turns to dirt right after the ski area. It's actually a really cool area up there. It's, it's, a, it's really nice up there. The road comes out somewhere north of Canaan, if I remember, if you want to go on an adventure. I'm not even sure if it's open during the winter. Um, no, that, that road shuts down in the winter. I wouldn't drive it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even with a tank, some of right. these places, man. Um, that's awesome because um, the skiway, you know, having said it's not maybe not as accessible, it's really not far. Um, but if you go there and now you can go to Whaleback for 50% off and again, Whaleback tickets, we're not talking 
$130 a day at Aspen, $180 a day at Vail or Breck. You know, this is, uh, what's, what's day pass for you? Uh, on a weekend for an adult, uh, $50, um, it would be the highest it gets to. I think, you know, our, and we, we set our pass pricing because it goes to our mission of being accessible. Um, so yes. a, a season pass right now is $200. Um, yeah. that will go up one more time in October, but not to any astronomical pricing. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's not, we're not, you know, in the business of jacking prices every month to punish people for waiting forever. We want to, you know, we want to throw someone a bone for, for, you know, taking care of their business early in the year. But if someone needs to wait a little bit longer, they're not going to be penalized at a huge amount because again, we're, sure. we're talking about our community. And we want our community to come here. And we also, you know, we're in a position where we want to make sure our community trusts us. They need to know and feel comfortable and confident that we're going to provide a great opportunity for them to ski. We're going to make sure the, the lift is taken care of and running at a really high clip. You know, we're going to make sure yeah. everything is operational, that the snowmaking is operating at a high level. Um, so we need to make sure we're, we're setting our pass pricing currently at an appropriate level to gain that trust. Absolutely. You know, I think so. We're, we're trying to be accessible to anyone because, again, you know, I think there are some really wealthy towns in the Upper Valley, but then there are some other not wealthy towns that um, we want to be open to everyone. I, I want everyone from any town, you know, any town in America wants to come here. Great. But, you know, realistically, any town within the Upper Valley, I want people to feel comfortable coming here and know that they have a place where they can ski. Absolutely. And um, that's. That's one of the brilliant things about this place and the community feel and why it aligns with me and why it was so awesome to me when you offered um, to come on and talk. It's like, dude, I preach skiing's for everyone and snowboarding. Snow sports are yeah. for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from or why. And I think um, that's a message that gets jumbled. There's a lot of stereotypes about who we are and what we do as snow sports enthusiasts. And it's just not true at all. Um, but to bring it back around to your, um, to the pricing. And like I said, it's ridiculous. Like he said, it, it's great pricing, but just for some clarification, let me see if I can pop up both of us and the, uh, the, the, uh, your page here right now, it says till September 30th, the early bird season, uh, an individual unlimited season pass right now is a, from a hundred bucks. So not just 200, but starts at a hundred. Is that accurate? The, the hunter would be for a youth pass. So when you click on it, once you click on that link, it'll take you into the drop down of each type of pass. Um, cool. You know, so it, yeah. there's some different and, and the Enfield resident one is we, we're in Enfield. We want to we want to make sure we're taking care of our community um, and specifically the community we live in. Um, and, and so they get a bit of a discount as well. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Enfield resident from 50 and up like you. That's a day ticket. That's less than a day ticket in some places like that are nearby, like big places that are nearby. It's better. And even as a youth ticket, 100 bucks, like for an adult, me, 200 bucks. That's unbeatable. That's literally unbeatable in price. <clears throat> yeah, me. And I think, it, it, you know, it's, it's unbeatable. Um, and it's providing a way in for some folks to get this experience on the snow that maybe they wouldn't have had in the past. We also offer financial aid and scholarships to anyone who, wow. who may not be able to swing that. And all they have to do is send an email or a letter to us. And we will, you know, in the last, I, I think it's the last three to five years, we've given a hundred percent scholarships that have been, that have been applied for. So wow. at our core, we want to make this accessible to everyone in the community. 
Absolutely. You're definitely not playing around when it comes to that. And even it could be said, um, you see the corporate pass, and that's a whole other thing for to be bought by corporations, I assume. Yeah. So one of the things, and that that page may change a little bit moving forward. Sure. We're still, that's a work in progress. I think that's yeah. an area that um, we need to do better at is connecting with um, the businesses in this area. You know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, at the highest level, you've got Dharma Hitchcock Health, you know, yep. a hospital that employs 13,000 people. Yeah. Uh, we should be in a relationship partnership with them. And we've started those conversations. Um, you know, we should be in a partnership with them. We should be working with, and I, I I think I saw it on Twitter the other day. I think I commented on it. You know, you've got you've got Marco Dabello and Vocal, and you've got Elon right down the road. And I've already yep. had conversations with Elon and Marker. Uh, you can't see it out the window behind me, but Marker already has Marker Vocal already has a, a sign on the side of the mountain. So there you go. You know, working with those corporations to, to you know to help promote them, but also to to be a connection and a, and a partner within the community. Um, and then if we throw them some passes, whether it's a one corporate pass that they can pass around their office. Or is it a is it a handful of day passes? You know, I think that's usually in the conversation that we have with each business. Um, but I think we need to do a, a really good job with that because, you know, w- one thing that you hear all the time is it's hard to attract good talent um, to these kind of outpost regions. Um, sure. You know, as a guy that lived in in Maine for a long time, I don't I don't necessarily think that the Upper Valley is really that much of an outpost. I think you know you start heading up to Augusta, Maine. Now now you can't get there from here. Yeah. You know, yep. So I think, yep. Um, so I think, but it is harder to attract talent up to this area. So I know a lot of these businesses, if they can have a partnership with a, a, a ski and snowboard area down the road that they can say to their prospective employees, Hey, you also get this deal or this perk by working for us. That I think it's going to go a long way to supporting the entire community. I agree with that. 100%. Like right now he's not wrong. Um, Almost everybody who moves here is going to work at Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical Center. Doctors, nurses, security, 13,000 people. Like, you're not wrong. The place is massive. Uh, Great hospital, by the way. That's where I go a lot um, for my doctor's visits and stuff like that. But anyway, um, but also to the point of community and building the relationships in these places for those who aren't familiar with our area. On the New Hampshire side, more than on my side, the White River Junction side, there are like Hypertherm is a good size corporate. It could be a corporate partner. You know what I mean? Or you do work with them quite a bit. They have a fantastic model where um, they their employees are given a certain amount of volunteer hours per month. I think it is, and yeah. so they come here and they do volunteer time all the time. They were here okay. a couple of weeks ago. There was a team of Hypertherm employees here that came and painted our rental shack, our rental um, building, and kind of helped organize some things. So we get them out here quite a bit. See I think that? So there, but that's one relationship that I think is really important to us. Yeah. And while they're one of the bigger ones, you know, like you said, DMH, uh, DHMC is like the t- pinnacle, but Hypertherm's got to be number two for around yeah. here. It's it's pretty massive. And then going down, there's smaller places. Um, and as you mentioned, Mark, Marker, Dabello, and Vocal, and uh, it's and they're helping each other out. Like they're coming down to you. You're talking to them. It's it's community on every level, from regular folks to you know big name folks. And it's 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 wonderful. It's really really awesome. And uh, you know, like I said, the ticket price anyway is unbeatable. The pass price is unbeatable. I'm thinking about picking up my own now. But you're 15 minutes up the road from me, so it's the closest you, place. You, you probably should have a pass. Yeah, I probably should because um, <laughs> so, I could be there 
right now if I wanted to. I'd go knock on the door right now, 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I also see, and this is something I wanted to ask about because this is something that's talked about a lot, still, still, peak, uh, still talking about passes. You offer on the page, and like they, like John said, it's a work in progress. So you know, bear with it. Um, uphill unlimited fifty dollars seasons pass. Now, some people, the, the the conversation is, should uphill be charged for? And there are places that don't. Um, for instance, in this area, Suicide Six does not. Um, Whaleback does, and then it's between does and doesn't. There's a hundred different levels. Why pick the uh, pay for uphill? I don't know if I can answer that. That was done last year. Um, I know okay. there were discussions. Um, I, I know previously there were, you know, folks were coming uphill, um, you know, and, and skinning up and skiing down. And, you know, that was happening. And I know um, then it became um, maybe, a, you know, to the point of a critical mass of people. And it, you know, we had to develop an uphill policy for insurance purposes. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, there's some costs that's associated to that, um, totally, you know, totally. developing those policies. Um, and making sure that, you know, they're not, folks aren't using the lift, but they're still accessing the trails and the trails still, still need to maintain. So we tried to come up with a number that, you know, it's a relatively nominal fee. Um, but we, we sold quite a few of those passes last year and, and we're anticipating selling more of those this year because there is such a, there is such a, um, a need or a desire. I think that there is a growth in that market for folks wanting to, to, earn their turns. So I think that's an area yeah. we're, we're going to do a little bit more focus on. And, and I think, you know, um, one thing that we are talking about, um, you know, we have this wonderful Thursday night race league. We're talking about doing another evening of a uphill race league. So, you know, you, awesome. you skin up and you ski down and there's even, there's even talk of, do you do a skin up and then gates down, you know, instead of Ooh. just a race down. So I think we're, we're in conversations with a lot of those type of events and opportunities. Um, to reach a whole nother community outside of just the racing and the recreational skiing community. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's unique. Like I haven't heard of anything like that. There could be something out there. Correct me if I'm wrong folks, but that's pretty unique. Um, having an uphill and then race down and the possibility of gates, like legit racing, like that's be, that's out of my skill set. But yeah, I think that's, it, I think that's where the discussion came from is I think there are, there are other groups out there that do, you know, skin up race down, but, we have not heard of anyone else that does it through the gates. So, you know, yeah. that, that that's kind of an area that we're thinking about. And maybe that, you know, maybe I just let the cat out of the bag too early and someone else is going to grab the idea. But I think, you know, again, it's about getting more people on the mountain at all mountains. You know, the more people, yeah. seeing, the better it is for everyone. So, you know, if we can come up with this great plan and someone else wants to do it too, fantastic. That's, you know, that that's a great idea. Yeah, at, at Whaleback though it'll be fantastic. Um, because again, I know it embraces the uphill, um, uphill movement, um, which became big, huge over this last year. You know, everything closed down for COVID nineteen. Well, if the lifts aren't running, I can always go touring right. equipment. Uh, if you if you read in the business pages at any given time, anybody touring equipment sales went through the dang roof. Um, just like mountain biking did the following spring. You know, right. couldn't find a bike. Um. There is no biking at Whaleback. Is that a consideration taking it into the summer? It's so anytime you talk to someone about, you know, kind of future summer planning, everyone always says mountain biking. And I mm -hmm. think it's fantastic. I think it would be awesome. I think it's funny. I, I mountain biked a lot in high school in the nineties. And then all of a sudden I start seeing it now. It's a whole different world now. Um, right? it's, 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 I can't even wrap my head around how different nope. it is now. Um, so, you know, I think it's definitely in our long-term planning discussions. I think mm -hmm. currently 
Um, so our double chair cannot accommodate carrying bikes up. Um, yeah. So that's a piece that, that makes it difficult for us. Um, mm -hmm. The other piece that makes it difficult, but also is a strength is like I said, it's a very steep hill. So yeah. um, there are two trails that are cut. Um, I don't know how well maintained they are. They were done by volunteers over a year ago. Uh, okay. So if you want to ride up it, I see people every day, you know, kind of getting out and doing it. If you can ride up it and get down it safely by all means, but it is all under your own power and your own responsibility. We're not, um, our insurance doesn't cover it right now. So we are not broadcasting it. There's no signage. Um, yeah. we're not, you know, we are not a mountain bike facility currently, um, but it is in the long-term planning discussions. Yeah. And, and really cool. I think, you know, there's a lot of really neat mountain biking opportunities in the upper Valley, but there's not that, you know, really cool, steep downhill opportunity. Well, um, yeah. you know, I think, I think suicide six, it sounds like they have a pretty good setup. Um, Sorry. and Killington, you know, Killington's only an hour away from us. And, you know, I think they, they said they're doing 50,000 visitors this summer, um, which I, that baffles me. Uh, um, yeah. but they have quite a setup, you know, they've got, I think they're running four lifts now for mountain bike service. So it's, you know, it's a totally different animal than us. So we're, we're trying to figure out what's best for us. If we're going to invest in it, is it going to give back to the community what we're really trying to get at? Absolutely. And you're right. Like Suicide 6, they have a decent bike park. From what I've seen, I've hiked through their mountain. I don't like you. I In the 90s, I learned how to mountain bike. We were doing right. it in gym class in high school um, at my school. And now I look thinking, oh, I'll get back into it. Yeah, I'm not getting back right. into this. They can have it. These I did a race in Sugarbush in 1994, I think it was. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really hard. And I don't think I finished in last place, but I was pretty darn close. And that's on like a, a 1991 Gary Fisher hardtail. And now nice. I, I still ride one very similar. And people look at me like nice classic. Like it's like going out in a classic car now. It's totally, kind of awesome. Yeah. I, re I remember the old days, man. I worked at Mount Snow when the Grundig came through all the time. Yep. And it was just like, now it's like, holy smokes. I don't understand how you do it. It's funny, skiing, is, skiing has changed a lot in that the skis hmm. are, you know, the equipment is much better, but I don't think at its core, it's changed the, the sport as much. I think it, it no. makes it easier for some, but I, I look at mountain biking as being completely different now. Like the, the concept of taking a chairlift up to the top of the mountain to ride down it never even crossed my mind, never would have crossed my mind. You know, yeah. my thought was always, if you want to ride down it, you got to ride up it, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it, I think that sport alone is just totally different. Yeah, and I agree. It it has changed so much in 25 years. It's ridiculous how much it changed from the simple from the early days out there in Utah when they were just riding through the desert. Yeah. And now you get out there and you see these downhill, you know, these downhill riders that are right. and they hit these banks and these jumps and it's they're doing 70, 80 miles an hour. It feels like, like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know enough about it anymore. Like I, I ride road now. That's all I ride now, yeah. but it's, it's, it's kind like, of that. It's kind of that child of, um, you know, the eighties BMX circuit mm -hmm. with the mountain bike circuit kind of coming together and creating these really cool tracks and doing these yep. really cool tricks. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mountain biking definitely is in the action sport. Yeah. world and skiing and snowboarding are too as we know right. and there i don't remember you there's a does whaleback have a park a terrain park we do uh well so we have we have features um we do have mm -hmm. so the whaleback mountain club which is not affiliated with the mountain other than their their home is here they're they're a private sure. club um they're a nonprofit 501c3 that um does training for freestyle um skiing so oh there you go um, 
so they use they kind of run that area of the mountain we allow them to um you know, we have a partnership with them where they can set their courses and our, our mountain ops team will work with them on making sure um, they have all their features set up correctly and are taken care of. Um, so I, I, again, I, I don't know if I would call it a full park, but there is a section of park type features. Okay. But so it's enough to appeal to those who are looking for that, especially if you're not as experienced, I would say, go to the smaller place where there might be on a you know, like we all know, if you go on a Tuesday, there's not nearly as many people there. Go hit a couple features where you won't hit somebody else and you won't be embarrassed if you fall. I say embrace your biff. It, it, no yeah. reason to be embarrassed. Just fall. If you're not falling, you're not doing it. Just send uh, it, man. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. Right. I mean, safely, right. like we said with the mountain biking, if you go up there, be safe. You're on your own. No summertime ski patrol. Um in the winter, obviously, you have full patrollers, and I right. saw those up there too. Um, same training and everything. Um, the place sounds great to me. Um, and like I said, I push for the smaller places anyway. I ride the Indy Pass, so you already know that's where my mindset is. Whaleback is awesome. It's in a great area, great location. The mountain is beautiful. I love the lodge myself. Um, I stepped into that lodge, and it was, like I said, that one time I was there right after its big remodel. Not, was it last year or the year before? I God, still year can't before, remember. Yeah. Year before. And you walk in there, and even though it was remodeled, so there's new stuff, new wood, it still smelled like an old lodge. And that's something people don't seem to understand when I say it. Like, it smelled like an old lodge. You right. know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's it's great. It, it's, it's a small lodge, but it's great. You go up into the bar. The bar is beautiful. Like, it's... It's it's an awesome place, and I suggest anybody go there. You know, it's got its own it's got its own exit off the highway. What other mountain has that? Name one. You can't. I mean, you could pretend. You could say Pat's Peak has exit fourteen or whatever it is down there, but you're still going forty five minutes. Right. It's literally less than a mile from the exit to the parking lot, and it's beautiful, man. And I I say everybody check it out if you're in the Upper Valley. Speaking of which. Um, I've been talking, it's, it's obviously the time for planning again, buy your passes early cause they're cheap, you know, get out your map, draw it out, lodging. There is lodging nearby. Um, we're talking about, and you said, if people from other areas want to come, you, the community, especially everybody get out there. I, I have people I've been talking to from P Pennsylvania who are going to come up and do a bunch of days up here, Vermont and uh, New Hampshire. And I said, what do you think of Whaleback? And they said, yeah, we've heard of that place. We're totally down. And it, again, it's the vibe. It's the old school feel. It's the we don't need 20 million vertical feet of slope. They're excited to do it. Like I'm going to probably come over there with a with a handful of people. Awesome. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll get out and take a couple runs with you guys. I mean, if you want to, we, we're always looking for anybody who wants to hang out. I, I always tell everybody, if you see me on the hill, say hi, dude. I'll talk to you. I might not be able to ski with you because, again, not the best, but I could probably handle steep still. And I, I really want to try whale back. I, I was so bummed the day I was there for World Snow Day because I was not physically ready. So I couldn't go up. And, you know, even though I was there that day, I wrote the piece on my website for it. And they're like, hey, you could have a comp ticket. That's great. I was like, Dang it. I wish I could because the place is beautiful. Um, the whole place is fantastic. And when I talked to people there, um, I was just sitting, I was sitting over actually at one point um, in the beginner's area, just talking to people in the line and everybody loves it. Did not hear a bad word about the place. Not once. And I don't know if 
you know, if you even want to talk about any kind of online review, because you gotta you gotta watch that stuff. Some of it's fake, some of it's just jerks. Um, but I can't imagine you got anybody saying a bad word about the place. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I take you know, I think you want to take criticism if you want to grow, and so sure. I, I do. I do read criticism, and I think that's important to get fo- uh, feedback, positive and negative, because that's the only way we're going to get better at what we do. Um, sure. You know, I think the one area that we take a little bit of a hit and probably rightfully so is we've had some trouble with our lift over the last couple of years. And, you know, it, it's it's an older lift. There's, <laughs> you know, it, we're not going to lie. It, it is a 40 year old chair and it requires some maintenance. And um, over the last couple of years, some maintenance fell through and some timing didn't work out. And I think on our end, our communication to the community and our stakeholders was not as as great as it should have been. And Moving forward, one of my primary jobs is to make sure our communication is crystal clear. Um, Mm. So, you know, what we are going to do moving forward is we're going to tell you how things are going. So I'll tell you within the next, you know, we we have the parts that are needed right now. We'll be here within the next two weeks, um, you know, as long as there's no delivery delays. And then within the next two weeks following that, we will be able to finalize the the repairs that are necessary to keep our chair operating at a really high level. We've already got the sign off that, you know, once we take care of this maintenance and then we continue to maintain moving forward, the chair will, will be good and serviceable for the next seven to 10 years. So uh, there's a perception out there in our community that the chair needs to be replaced right now. And, you know, if, if someone came along and said they have the 1.5 that they wanted to give to do it, sure. I'll have that discussion. But I think for us and where we are right now, as a organization and as a nonprofit, you know, we're not in that financial position to spend a million and a half dollars right now. So yeah. what are the things we can do strategically to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for sustainability? One of them, yeah. maintain that chair. And that's what we're doing right now. We've invested a hundred thousand dollars this year into maintaining that chair. And that will be ready within the next, let's say month at the worst case scenario. And we are nice. comfortable with that. And, and as soon as that that chair company comes and starts to do that work. Those pictures will be out and shared to the world because we want to we want to back up our words. I don't I don't want people to listen to this and think, well, he said this, but nothing ever happened. I want to make sure we're showing people what's happening as it's happening. Nice. Yeah. And, and uh, is in, investing in that at snowmaking and making sure we have snow, whether Mother Nature helps us or not. We need to make sure we have coverage. Um, so those are two areas that we're really investing in right now. Yeah. And just as a side note, the rain has returned to New England for those who want to know here today, August 19th. Um, so snowmaking should be fine for everybody this year. <laughs> Holy smokes. We do have a full pond right now. And at, at this time last year, our pond was totally dry. Our mountain ops team tells me. And and right yeah. now, uh, like I, I almost want to go swimming in it. It's pretty deep. It, it, it looks a little murky, so I don't think I'm actually going to swim, but it's it's pretty deep. No, I would never. I would never. I'll suggest this to the world. Never jump in the snowmaking pond. It's not pretty. Right. Um, but to bring it up to back around to that lift, um, I've seen it. It is old. It is very cool. Like the towers are an old style tower. The the shack is old style. It, it, it looks great. I see why some people would say, God, this needs to be replaced. Even a more cynical, youngful, younger, youthful me would say the same thing. Like, get that thing out of there. But you're not wrong million bucks like lifts are not cheap new and used if you buy one like for instance okimo just did some lifts and they sent one of theirs down to pennsylvania trucking a lift the towers and everything it's just money 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 and a lot of work and not everybody has it you know i say fix that chair i think it looks great i don't want to see it go i'd rather see 
you know, something like if we wanted to put a new diesel engine or something in it, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a diesel or what out there. I didn't get in and poke we, around. We are replacing it, it. The diesel is a backup. So okay. should the electricity go down? So currently there's actually a new diesel sitting out there. It's getting nice. ready to be loaded in. So we're replacing the diesel backup um, nice. and we're replacing the entire electrical system. So the electrical system has been taken out the box. Okay. And that those are the parts that we're waiting for right now. They should be yeah. here within the next two weeks to replace the those parts. Okay, very cool. So there you go. It's it's a lot of work, but it's really not a lot of work if that is accurate. You know, I mean, for those who know how to do it, I'm, right. you know, yeah, I yeah, I'm not doing it. I just I'm going to take some pictures of it, and I'll hopefully be able to articulate it a little better than I have been over the last three months. There you go. So there you go, everybody. Upper Valley is going to be ready for skiing this year. Um, well back, obviously, man, you're ready to go full bore. Like you're not playing around. It's once it hits, and you know, there's been some preliminary forecast that says New England's going to be the place to be this winter. I, I don't know if you've been seeing the same thing I have. I mm. stick on the optimistic side that we are going to get dumped on this winter. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, it's I, not, it's going to hover around 22 degrees. So we'll be able to make snow at a high level anyway. So either way, go. we're going to have coverage. Yeah. They'll be open. They'll be ready. I'll be there at least as many times as I can get. Why even say at least the place is awesome. Um, the price is right. The people are great. Obviously, John is a very nice guy, very knowledgeable guy. And everybody I talked to the day I was there is exactly the same. It is a friendly atmosphere. It is a family atmosphere. It is a community atmosphere. And it is great. And I didn't even ski it. And I have a ton of nice things to say about it. Great things to say about it. And I can't wait to ski it. Um, anything else, John, you want to go over, get into before we go? No, I think it's, you know, I appreciate the time. I think any opportunity yeah. we have to kind of share our story and our messaging is important to us. Um, you know, I think community support is really important to us in the long term, um, sure. you know, and, and community support is not just opening your checkbook and sending money. It's through volunteering. It's through word of mouth. It's through telling our story along with us and, and sharing your great experience with us. I think, you know, I, I go back to my roots as a, as a, small college fundraiser, there are a lot of different ways to be a great alumni. It's not just by writing a check. And the same goes for us. You know, there, there are a lot of ways to be a great member of our community. And, you know, I think we are open to everyone. I, you know, I think um, that's one of the neat parts of us is that we're so accessible and, and that's what's exciting to me. Um, on, a, on a side note, we are going to be posting a position for a ski school director. So if anyone out there is interested, um, please shoot me an email because I think that's a really exciting opportunity for someone who wants to have the opportunity to work in an established ski school, but also to build on it. Cause there is, there are, there's a lot of opportunity for growth um, within our ski school. So if you're interested, shoot me an email and I would love to have a chat. Excellent. So if you're, you PSA, PSIA guys out there, this is where you want to go. And it's a, it's a great area to live in too. Like we have, it's, it's just beautiful around here that you got so many rivers and stuff. So it's just gorgeous. And the snow is pretty decent. And again, there's stuff here because we do have corporations everywhere. It, the upper Valley is wonderful. I like it here. John obviously likes it here. Um, everybody who lives here will say they like it here for the most, for the most part. I'm sure there's a couple bad apples in there, but Thank you so much for talking whale back with us. Um, it is a great place. I can't say enough about it. Get out there. It is literally the most accessible uh, location-wise mountain you'll ever find. It's on Google Maps. If you think I'm lying, look at it. I've only seen one other mountain I can think of offhand that has it, basically its own exit, and that's all the way out in Washington State. 
who goes to the Pacific Northwest to ski anyway? I'm kidding, PNW folk. I love, I love it out there. I love Washington, man. But thanks again. You know, all my joking around aside, yeah, this this was great. I hope you enjoy had a good time as well. I'm sure everybody's gonna have a good time listening, and they they will be there. Like I say, I'm coming with people from out of state or out of the area, so I I think it's gonna be a great winter, man. That's awesome. Thanks, Tim. I really appreciate it. And just remember. You, you got to ski it to believe it. And, and Whaleback is, is going to be a great opportunity for people moving forward. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good, uh, and have a good winter. And we're going to check. I'll probably uh, call on you to check in sometime mid season to see how you guys are doing. Love to. And, and, you know, as I get my feet wet more in this ski industry, hopefully I can articulate some of these things a little bit better. Um, but again, I, I'm happy to chat anytime. I think the more opportunities we have to talk about how great this little mountain is, the better it is for everyone. Excellent. Thank you, sir. We'll catch you on the next one then. We'll Thank catch you very much. There. Thank you. And there you have it, everyone. Thank you again to Mr. John Hunt from Whaleback Mountain. Um, really enjoyed talking to him, and we will be talking to him later in the season to see where Whaleback is sitting. They obviously have a whole kinds of ideas and plans and projects and stuff going on through the season, um, things they're doing. It seems like they've got like they're ready to go. Like I said during the interview, they are hammering it out. They are ready to go. So if you want to check out more about Whaleback Mountain, whaleback.com. If you're watching the video version, you see that scrolling along the bottom, whaleback.com. There will be links in all descriptions, whether it be audio and video. Um, so if you're coming up to the Upper Valley, Vermont, New Hampshire, stop and, you know, stop through at Whaleback on, you know, whether you're going there specifically or you're on your way somewhere else. Again, as we said, very accessible right off the highway. It's practically on the Interstate 89, right? Right. Thank you again for joining me for another episode. Next week, we will be talking to who will episode five be? You know what? I'm going to leave that as a surprise. Um, actually, I'm not. It should be Mike Rogie from the Mountain Gazette. Um, as long as my schedule goes the way it should. You know me, though. I biff just like anybody else. And as I always say, embrace the biff. But anyway, Mike Rogie coming up and then Dan Egan the following week. Um, be ready for both of those. Stay tuned for both of those. I will plug the stuffing out of them so you will know they are coming up. And you can save the, the, you know, save a notification or whatever. SkiRexMedia.com. You can keep track of the schedule and of uh, guests and stuff going on with the blog, the podcast, and anything else I want to put up. Um, and social media as well. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at SkiRexMedia on all of them, plus links in the description for everything. And like I always say, don't check the links if you're listening in the car. Wait till you stop. Don't touch that cell phone. It's dangerous. Plus, you might get a ticket. I had the cell phone ticket once. It was a buck and a quarter. And I don't mean a dollar and 25 cents, kids. I mean $125, that ticket. So be careful and save yourself a couple bucks. I am Tim from Ski Rex Media. Again, thank you for joining me. I do hope you've been enjoying the program. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy the content and everything else. Check out the links in the description. Check out everything Ski Rex Media has to offer and will have to offer as the season continues. And I will see you out there. And I hope that you uh, return for the next one. Hashtag watching, listening or watching the program since it is audio and video. Thanks again, everybody. I'll see you on the next one later.